Uh, welcome. Today we have uh, Carl Bacos, PhD, coming from Lund University Diabetes Center in Sweden, where he's an associate professor and associate researcher, um, assistant researcher in diabetes and epigenetics, <clears throat> and a researcher in exodiab excellence of di diabetes research in Sweden. In his research, he's characterizing how epigenetic changes, uh, i.e. changes in our DNA that alter gene activity without changing the DNA sequences, regulate the insulin producing beta cells and contribute to development of type two diabetes. The recent paper um, uh, that he and his group uh, put out uh, in 2023 uh, was type two diabetes candidate genes, including PAX5 cause impaired insulin secretion in human pancreatic islets. And today uh, the title of his talk is PAX5, a new player in T2 uh, type two diabetes pathophysiology. Welcome, Carl. Thank you very much for joining us. And um, yeah, I would love to hear more about your work. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so I will basically just dive into the paper, which was published um, February 15th. So if you want uh, to read the full paper, it's available. Uh, and I should say that this is a collaboration between several groups within the LUDC. So uh, it's by no means my own work. It's it's a, a lot of people involved in this project. Yeah, well, there's a lot of interesting work going on at LUDC right now um, and a lot of excellent science pertaining to type one and two diabetes. Definitely, yeah. Um, and and so, so this paper, in this paper, we did a trans transcriptomic analysis of human pan pancreatic islets. Uh, and we do this to identify genes that are differentially expressed uh, in islets from uh, donors with type 2 diabetes compared to islets from non-diabetic donors. Uh, and these, these genes then may be part of uh, the T2D pathophysiology. Uh, and you can do transcriptomic analysis in different ways. You can do the bulk sequencing, which is basically just uh, analyzing the whole islets, or you can do single cell RNA sequencing. Uh, bulk sequencing is, is good because it's cheap, relatively cheap, but there's no resolution. Uh, while single cell sequencing gives you high resolution, but it's also extremely expensive. Uh, and we chose to do bulk RNA sequencing uh, to take advantage of uh, a very large cohort of human islets that we have access to. Uh, so, so this has been done before. So the question is, why, why are we doing this again? Uh, the problem with the previous studies is, is that there is very limited validation, uh, both regarding to the identified genes. So the, the overlap between the different studies is very small, uh, which is mainly due to a very low power for many of these studies, especially for the single cell studies, considering, uh, which is not surprising considering the price. Um, and there's also uh, no functional valid validation. So the, the in these papers, they have basically haven't done any functional follow-up to actually test that these genes are uh, important for, for type 2 diabetes. So uh, the LUDC has collected islets for uh, for many years now. Uh, we collaborate with uh, the Nordic Network for Islet Transportation. So if they can't transplant islets, we get leftovers. Um, and we uh, and we use that for our research. And um, today- can, can I interrupt you just for a quick second? Um, of course. For the Nordic Network for Islet Transplantation, what percent of the islets are, co are coming from those with uh, type one, or if any, uh, we don't receive any from type one. Okay, I just wanted to check on that. It's all type two. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank and you. and non-diabetics, of course. Right. Thanks. Um, 
so this is now one of the largest such cohorts that at least we know of. Uh, and our aim was basically to use this to identify novel type 2 diabetes candidate genes. And this figure shows you a uh, sort of description of, of the cohort and of, uh, um, of our analysis. So when we started, we had just over 300 uh, uh, islet samples um, or samples from islet donors. Um, we did RNA sequencing on, on 283 of these. Um, we excluded some where the RNA sequence data didn't pass our QC, and we also excluded uh, islet preparations with a purity less than 5%, and islets that had been in culture for more than seven days, which left then 226 uh, RNA um, data on 226 uh, islet preparations. We further excluded uh, do donors with HbA1c uh, in, in the sort of pre-diabetic range, uh, and we excluded donors that had previous gestational diabetes and non-diabetics younger than 40 years of age, because none of the diabetics were, were that young. And in the end, we compared 138 non-diabetics and 33 people with diagnosed type 2 diabetes. And we call this the LUDC islet case control cohort in the, in the next few slides. So we used DSEC2 to identify differentially expressed genes. Uh, and we uh, corrected the analysis for age six, islet purity, and uh, days in culture. And on the left of the slide, you see the overlap with the previous studies, both the bulk and the single cell. Uh, and our cohort is the one in green. Uh, and again, you can see that the overlap is very small. Even though we now have increased power in our, in our study, the overlap between the other studies is, is extremely small. For example, there are zero studies common for all five bulk RNA sequencing studies, and there's uh, zero uh, genes common when you compare our, our data set to the single cell, published single cell data sets. So again, highlighting the, the uh, importance of, uh, well, not the importance, but the effect of, uh, of the methods used and the, the analysis pipeline used and uh, the covariates used and so on. Um, anyway, uh, when comparing to these studies, we found that of our 395 genes, 94 have previously be, been identified, while 301 were novel. And I put novel within quotes because uh, they're novel in the sense that they were not identified by these specific studies, but some of the genes have been identified in more targeted analysis. And on the right, you see a few examples of, of these genes. For example, you have the glycine receptor, which you know is is important for beta cell function. You have the IAPP, which forms amyloid plaques in type 2 diabetes. Uh, you have P10, which is an important player in, in cell biology. Uh, and there's also a lot of interesting genes, uh, which we know affect beta cells uh, among the, the sort of the, the ones we call novel. We characterized our the, the differentially expressed genes a little bit. Uh, so we used sorted alpha and beta cells from our human islets uh, and did RNA sequencing on those to see uh, what cell types express uh, the DIGs. And we found that uh, the majority of the three, 395 DIGs are expressed in alpha and or beta cells in human islets. We also did gene ontology, gene ontology enrichment analysis on, on the differentially expressed genes to see if there were any uh, important uh, biological pathways uh, affected. And as you can see, hormone secretion, which of course is important in in, in human islets, uh, were among the uh, the enriched uh, uh, 
pathways. We also looked at published EQTL data. So uh, that's SNPs that associate with uh, gene expression. Um, and this is data from the INSPIRE consortium. And we found that there are 100, 148 EQTLs that associate with, with expression of 120 of our, of our differentially expressed genes. Uh, and uh, two of these SNPs also associated with type 2 diabetes risk, two with glucose measurements, and a, a few other with other metabolic parameters. We also looked at uh, published genome-wide association studies to see if there are any SNPs that associate with type 2 diabetes or glycemic traits that are located in our uh, the genes we find. And there are 149 SNPs uh, located in 106 differentially expressed genes that associate with type 2 diabetes or HbA1c or fasting glucose and so on. We also looked at published MQTL data, so that's SNPs that, that associate with DNA methylation. And we found 490 SNPs associated with 176 methylation sites in 90 of our differentially expressed genes. And finally, we also looked at uh, DNA methylation data uh, from a case control uh, study. And there are uh, 732 differentially methylated regions in 262 of our uh, DEGs. So there seems to be some epigenetic and genetic regulation uh, of these genes that might, and might explain why uh, they are deregulated in, in type 2 diabetes. Uh, this is a busy slide, but I will try to explain. This is uh, uh, data from the International Mouse Phenotype Phenotyping Consortium. We wanted to see if the, the genes we identified have been found to be important for regulating in vivo metabolism. Uh, and this database collects data on uh, knockout mice. And over 395 uh, the 395 uh, differentially expressed genes, there were knockout strains available for 168, and 125 of these were phenotyped. And there was uh, data available for insulin levels or uh, data from intraperitoneal, intraperitoneal glucose tolerance tests or DEXA scans for, for quite, a, quite a few of these strains. And the bottom part is busy, but I will just very briefly walk you through it. For example, uh, SLC2A2, which uh, the gene I'm pointing with at with my pointer um, encodes uh, a glucose transporter, which is uh, important for glucose uptake in rodent beta cells. Uh, and this is decreased in type two diabetes and knockout mice for this gene has increased fasting glucose. So that's that's how this figure works basically. Uh, the take, -out me take home message is that uh, many of the genes we find uh, differentially expressed in type 2 diabetes have been found to uh, affect in vivo metabolism in mice. So that's that's the take-home message, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of information on that slide. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it for a while. Yeah, it's in the paper. So uh, if if people need more time to look at it, they can they can go to the paper. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great tip. Yeah. So the question is, have you found any novel? Uh, novel type 2 diabetes candidate genes. So we selected genes for functional validation and we start with our 395 genes. We required a fold change of at least two, either up or down, which left 80 genes. We also required an, an association with HbA1c in donors not diagnosed with diabetics, meaning that these changes might uh, predispose to diabetes. So they occur before you actually get diabetes. So there might be uh, that might predispose to, to disease. Uh, 
or they might cause di uh, diabetes. Uh, so this left 31 genes. And from these, we selected the um, uh, top nine genes based on Q value. Uh, and we also selected uh, CHL1, uh, sorry, top nine genes that, ha that have not been uh, analyzed in beta cells before. Um, and we also included CHL1, which has been shown to affect beta cell function as sort of a positive control. And also SLC2A2 that I had talked about before, which encodes uh, glucose GLUT2, a glucose transporter. In rodents, it's, it's the main um, beta cell glucose transporter, but in humans, it's uh, sort of debated whether it's important in, in mature uh, human beta cells or not. So that was also included uh, in our selection. And on the left, bottom left here, you see the expression of these 11 genes in uh, our islets. Um, and yeah, they're all significant, of course. And on the right, you see that all but one of those of these genes have either a T2D DMR, uh, a, a islet EQTL, uh, GWAS SNPs, or islet MQTLs uh, associated to them. So explaining why they might be uh, deregulated in uh, type 2 diabetes. So CHL1, HHATL, OPRD1, and SLC2A2 were all uh, downregulated in, in type 2 diabetes. So we mimicked this by using SR SIRNA-mediated knockdown in human islets. And the middle panel shows you the, the expression, uh, qPCR, of these four genes after knockdown. You, you can see we significantly lower expression. And on the right, you see uh, insulin secretion uh, data from, um, from static incubations. And you can see that knockdown, islets knock, with knockdown of OPRD1 and SLC2A2 have reduced uh, glucose stimulant insulin secretion, so the, the, the pinkish bars. While islets with knockdown for uh, CHL1 had uh, reduced basal uh, secretion, so secretion at 2.8 millimolar glucose. So SLC2A2, the GLUT2, uh, also has an effect in mature human beta cells, basically. Uh, is the main take-home message here. The other seven genes are upregulated in uh, type 2 diabetes. And we did, um, we used lentaviruses to overexpress uh, only five of them in, in uh, clonal beta cells. Um, we didn't do all of them. I don't have time to go into why. It, again, it's in the paper uh, if you want to uh, find out why. But we, so we overexpressed these five genes or proteins in, in swan cells. So BARCs1, NEFL1, PAX5, PCOSA2, and SFRP1. Uh, and again, we see effects on insulin secretion. Uh, so PAX5 uh, overexpressing cells have increased basal secretion and reduced glucose stimulant insulin secretion. Uh, there are also some effects in cells overexpressing NEFL and PCOSA2 but PAX-5 showed the, the strongest effects. There were also effects on uh, cell number uh, here measured by its sort of total protein in the wells, which was significantly reduced in the PAX-5 overexpressing uh, cells. There were also some slight effects of the PCOSA2 overexpression, but again, PAX-5 uh, showed the biggest effect. So we selected this for, for future follow-up to, to do some mechanistic studies as well. But first, we used immunostaining of uh, human pancreatic sections to see what cell type uh, the PAX5 is, is expressed in. And you can see it, uh, non-diabetics, they have basically no PAX5 staining in islets, while diabetics have quite a bit. 
and most of it is is co-localized with insulin. Uh, so Pax5 is mainly uh, upregulated in in the beta cells in, in human uh, islets in, in diabetics. So the question then is, how does Pax5 perturb insulin secretion? And before I, I talk about that, I have to mention how insulin secretion is regulated. Um, so glucose is taken up by glucose transporters. It's metabolized via glycolysis. So and then pyruvate is formed. Pyruvate enters the mitochondria where it's and uh, the TCA cycle. And then that fuels the electron transport chain resulting in production of ATP. This yields an increase in the ATP-ADP ratio, which closes the, um, the KTP channels. This leads to a membrane depolarization and opening of the voltage-gated calcium channels, and calcium rushes into the cell. And this calcium then uh, triggers insulin secretion. And then there are also amplifying factors as well. But basically, mitochondrial metab metabolism yields ATP, which closes the KTP channel. That's important. Uh, for the for for the next part, uh, because you can you can treat cells with uh, high potassium uh, to uh, sort of to depolarize the cell without having this ATP. So by treating treating the the cells with high potassium, you can find out if the uh, defect occurs before or after closure of the of the KTP channels, basically, and that's. That's what we did. We treated uh, Pax5 overexpressing cells with high glucose or with uh, high potassium. And you can see that again, glucose stimulant insulin secretion is reduced, while the potassium stimulated secretion is slightly increased, suggesting then that the defect occurs before closure of the K2P channel, potentially in mitochondrial metabolism. Uh, so we next uh, investigated the mitochondria and we used the seahorse, which is a machine that we use to measure uh, mitochondrial respiration. Uh, and here you can see the, the traces. In black, you have the GFP, that's so the control cells. And in pink, you have the, the PAX5 overexpressing cells. And you can see that there's uh, reduced glucose stimulant respiration quantified uh, in, the, in one of the graphs on the right. And there's also reduced uh, uh, maximum respiration. So the graphs on the right show that the, the, the difference between basal and glucose stimulated respiration and also the uh, glucose stimulated respiration and absolute values, both are, are decreased. And this reduction in uh, mitochondrial respiration was sort of resulted in um, reduced ATP production. So uh, this, these traces are from Percival expressing cells and Percival is uh, a reporter that uh, allows you to measure the ATP-ADP ratio. And as, as you can see at, at basal glucose, uh, there's not much difference, but then when we add high glucose, the control cells give a nice increase in signal, while the PAX5 overexpression over cells do not. And that's quantified here on the right. So there's uh, significantly less ATP in the PAX5 overexpression cells. One potential cause of impaired mitochondrial function is impaired expression of the uh, enzymes involved in TCA cycle or the electron transport chain. So we use Western blot to analyze this. And we analyzed the expression of citrate synthase, which is a TCA cycle uh, protein, and that's reduced in cell overexpressing cells. And we also use an antibody cocktail that detects 
uh, one subunit each of each the, of uh, the elect electron electron transport complexes, and that shows that that uh, SDHB of complex two is significantly reduced, while a subunit of complex three is actually slightly increased. But these expression changes may partly explain uh, the impaired mitochondrial function. As I said before, there, there was less total protein in the PAX5 overexpressing wells. So we used an MTT assays to verify uh, the, the cell loss. And you can see there's a, there was a clear decrease in, in, uh, in signal in the, in the MTT assay in the PAX5 overexpressing cells. Uh, and this can be due to either increased cell death or apoptosis, or it can be due to uh, reduced uh, proliferation. So we analyzed both these parameters. Um, a caspase 3 and 7 activity assay showed increased caspase activity. And that was also shown uh, by Western blot uh, for cleaved caspase 3, which is the active form, which was increased. So there's increased apoptosis. But there's also reduced uh, EDU incorporation, which is a measure of proliferation. So PAX5 results in both increased apoptosis and less cell proliferation when uh, overexpressed in, in beta cells. <clears throat> we also did transcript transcriptomic analysis of these PAX5 overexpressing cells. Um, and PAX5 is a transcription factor. So it's maybe not surprising uh, that there were, there were uh, quite large changes in, in um, gene transcription. So there were more than 3,000 3, genes were differentially expressed in PAX5 overexpressing in swan cells. And this is uh, this included 75 of the 395 uh, DEGs that we identified uh, and three of the other genes that we selected for functional follow-up. Uh, so I show a few genes here. Uh, for example, there's SLC2A2, again, one of our uh, uh, can uh, other candidates, which was reduced in PAX5 overexpressing cells. And this is a, a logarithmic scale. So the, the changes are bigger than they look in this graph. And these uh, 3,000 genes were also rich for some very interesting cellular pathways, for example, insulin secretion, which of course is important in beta cells, uh, glucose homeostasis, uh, regulation of cell death, and so on. What um what is this presynapse? Uh, so it's it's uh, it's basically I mean it's a pathway that's. Uh, Enriched. The neuronal pathway or the pathway directly affecting the beta cell? So I can't remember the exact genes involved here, but I'm guessing it's the uh, exocytosis machinery, which is quite similar in neurons and in, in beta cells. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, PAX5 is a transcription factor. So we wanted to see if it may explain some of the uh, changes to the other genes that we that we identified. So we used P-Scan, which is, is a tool that allows you to check for uh, transcription factor binding site enrichment. Uh, and 196 of our 395 differentially expressed genes have a, put, a putative PAX5 binding site in the promoter. And this is a significant enrichment. Uh, and we did a literature uh, study on these 196 genes, and a quarter of them have been found either to affect beta cell function and or number, or have gene variants associated with type 2 diabetes or, or other metabolic traits. So these are also some important genes. We also uh, did simple correlation between PAX5 and, and the other DEGs and found that PAX5 correlates with 
uh, expression of Pax5 correlates with expression of 126 of the, of the other differentially expressed genes. And this includes seven genes that we follow up uh, functionally, again, including uh, SLC2A2. And finally, you also did uh, weighted correlation network analysis, which allows you to identify uh, expression networks. And this found that Pax5 is part of a network with 86 other genes. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, we try to, uh, yeah, these data basically support that Pax5 may regulate some of the other differentially expressed genes in type 2 diabetes and therefore uh, maybe uh, cause uh, these genes to be dysregulated. So to summarize, we have identified almost 400 differentially expressed genes in islets from type 2 diabetics compared to islets from non-diabetic controls. Um, some of these ex expression changes may contribute to beta cell failure in type 2 diabetes. Uh, our main, can main candidate is PAX5, which is elevated in beta cells in type 2 diabetes. And this perturbs gene expression, mitochondrial metabolism, and insulin secretion. And PAX5 may deregulate, deregulate many of the other uh, differentially expressed genes. Uh, and this is the, the model figure we have put in the paper. Um, that sort of summarizes the paper uh, in a visual way. Uh, and as I said, it, it's been published. It's in the February 15th issue of JCI. So those who want to read the paper can uh, can look it up there. Yeah, well, it's a very, um, your methodology is really thorough. You know, it really makes um, the case that the same should also be done. The same sort of march through these data should be done for T1D. Um, I haven't seen a paper like this before that, that that goes so very thoroughly and and kind of like grooms through all these different um, genetic interactions as well as you know and identifies you know the one the the one gene of interest in this region. Mm. So it's really great. Um, and I would also say, you know, just to kind of like throw it out there, what um, you know, what's the trigger? Uh, in your mind, or do you have any ideas of what the trigger for this uh, elevated PAX-5 might be? So if I go back to, uh, hang on, there we go. Yeah, so so we, we looked at these uh, EQTLs, the, the MQTLs, the, uh, so PAX-5 is down here, and you can yeah. see it has an islet MQTL mm -hmm. and a differentially methylated region. Uh, so this uh, differential DNA methylation also in type 2 diabetes. So we believe it might be epigenetically dysregulated uh, in diabetes. And, and what causes the um, epi epigenetic changes, uh, we don't know yet. Right. Uh, that's that's a good question. Yeah, that's next. That's probably the next paper. <laughs> so, could be, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I'm sorry if I interrupted you before you were going to say uh, a shout out to your colleagues and and contributors. Um, uh, no, no worries. But um, it's it's really um, it's a fascinating uh, story, and you know, very very fine uh, a fine dissection of this uh, of this of this pathway, really. Yeah, yeah, we wanted to to dig deep. Uh, you can always dig deeper, of course, but you have to stop somewhere, right? Yeah, that's correct. And it looks like you have a lot of collaborators and a lot of, um, you know, excellent resources here. Uh, how's, uh, what's next for your lab? And are you looking for uh, postdocs or what's what's going on there? 
so our center, we are doing a similar study to look at uh, genes regulating insulin secretion, um, like in, in, in non-diabetics. Uh, and our my or our lab, uh, I work with Professor Charlotte Ling. Uh, our lab specifically, like you said in the beginning, we focus on epigenetics. Uh, so we are continuing our epigenetic analysis of, of human islets. And, and that's what uh, uh, our focus is at the moment. We're not working on PAX-5 right now, but maybe we will pick it up uh, in the future. Okay, well, that's fantastic. I guess if you have any further questions, you can reach out to Dr. Bakos at uh, carl.bakos at med.lu.se. And um, I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us today and uh, walking us through this very elegant paper. It was really a pleasure. And I guess I'll, for I'll, me. I'll try my hand at this. Taksa Mikit. Vashagud. Okay. Thanks That's your welcome. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.